life is what you make it. We want to tout that. We want to talk about that. We want to share that with everyone. But what if you don't get to make it? What if you don't get the chance to make that life? Welcome to Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast today, and I hope that you're doing well. Um, this is a topic that is going to be a difficult cover, um, but it's where I feel led to be. Um, God has truly been working on my heart over the last few weeks uh, about a number of things, and um, last Friday, the 22nd, the Lord, or you know, was signed as a sanctity of life day. And as a pastor, I, I, I really take that into consideration. And, I, and I've been thinking a lot about what we think is the sanctity of life. Um, and it brought me to a place that I think that we need to actually have this discussion. Um, sure, I can go through this whole thing and, and talk about it in one directive but honestly we need to hear it in a number of different areas um the the initial thought that comes to mind the initial directive that that you immediately jump to would be um the the simple factor of abortion and where that stands and and I know before we get into this I want to answer some questions before we get to the difficulties of the conversation one no I'm not attacking anyone I will not attack anyone um, and we'll talk about that uh, today on the podcast but what I want us to understand is there's a deeper thing going on uh, I want to start actually with Genesis chapter one. In Genesis chapter one, it says something just absolutely um, beautiful. In in verse twenty six, it starts and says, "Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth." So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth. God also said, look, I've given you every seed bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you, for all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky and for every creature that crawls on the earth. Everything having a, the breath of life in it, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so God saw all that he had made. It was very good indeed evening came and then the morning the sixth day day six God created man now if we go back into the story of Genesis we look back and it says that God created also life 
he he created life from the the plants which are you know plant life nature to the birds to the sea creatures to the animals that filled the earth day five and day six God created life everything that has the breath of life there's something important about that there, there really is and, and we need to take a look at that today and understand that today there's something important about that creation about what God has created I, I I love superhero movies. I'm I'm hooked, so to speak. And in the Fantastic Four, uh, John Byrne wrote a line: "Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic, delivers." He says, "Who are we to make such a decision to allow another living being, any living being, to die when ours is the power to prevent it?" Now, that's a tough quote out of a movie. Obviously, that's not talking about life necessarily the way that I'm opening. But life is life. I, I, I refuse to believe that sanctity of life is just for one group of people. I mean, what is life? Well, if we go to the book of James... James chapter 4 talks about life. James chapter 4 talks deeply about this. And, and what I mean by deeply, it speaks to us in a way that maybe we need to reimagine our view of things. But James chapter 4 tells us to submit to the Lord. But then he starts talking about God's will. And he says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will travel to such in such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring for what your life will be or what your life will be. For you are like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. We're but a vapor. We're a mist. Something today gone tomorrow. It's the old adage of we are under his control but we don't have control of the last breath or you know life is 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 short you you hear people say life is what you make it that's not what the word tells me Again, James chapter 4, 13 and 14 speaks about us making our plans. Life is not what we make it. It's who we trust to make it for us. Is it God or are we trying to strive according to the ways of the world? Are we making life without him? He created it. When I talk about the sanctity of life, I talk about preservation. 
Who are we to make those decisions for others? To allow others to die when ours is the power to prevent it. We can prevent death in some cases. Now, if it's that moment has been appointed and it's the moment that someone passes, then God's will be done. But hear what I'm saying today. Life is what you make it. We want to tout that. We want to talk about that. We want to share that with everyone. But what if you don't get to make it? What if you don't get the chance to make that life? Now, before you just turn this off and and move beyond what I'm saying and you just say, ah, it's just another one of those, please, please bear with me. Please bear with me and understand where I'm going with this. Again, I go back to Genesis 26 and 27 of chapter 1. You know, all human life is important. All life is important to the one who created it. God created us. He created life. He created everything that lives and breathes and moves. He created you and I. Why is it important? Let's create man in our own image. Those are the words of God. Genesis 1.26. Genesis 1.27 tells the story that we were created in the image of God. Created in the image of God. Male and female created in the image of God. Those are the words of his word. Now, why the distinction? Why? Why would he set that out at the beginning so that we know? Now, I don't want to get it confused. Genesis is not a science book. It's, it's not for scientific. It's not a science book. It's truth about creation. Now, I'm not trying to get scientific with this. I'm not trying to turn this into a big thing. I'm just simply saying at some point, we stopped thinking about other people. Rick Warren started his book, Purpose Driven Life, with these four words. It's not about me. First words of the book. You know, books are important and they begin, you know, I love to read. And every book, the, the opening line sets the premise. Tell the two cities, Charles Dickens, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, right? I mean, the Lord created life. And his book starts with, in the beginning, God. And then we see that all that God did in the beginning. And then it comes to the mind that it, we are created in his image. We created in the image of God. But what does that mean for us? It means we were created with a purpose, for a purpose. It means we were created in his image. Male and female, we were created in his image. At some point, though, we became selfish. Probably about Genesis chapter 3 when we started thinking that we wanted to be like God. But hear me. At some point, we became selfish. We decided that one life was more important than another that our life was more important than another. 
Well, I could go back to Cain and Abel for that. I could talk about what Cain did to Abel, that Cain felt his life was more important than Abel's, right? That's not where I'm going with this. I want us to understand today. Now, if I look back at the records of Genesis, Genesis 2, we see that man and woman are in the garden, and we see a second version of the creation story, almost from Adam's point of view. It says, these are the records of the heavens and the earth concerning their creation at the time that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, if we go through the story here and we look at the story of creation, we see that God rested on the seventh day. We see that he planted a garden in Eden and that he placed a man in it that he had formed. And he caused to grow out of the ground every tree, pleasing in appearance, good for food, including the tree of life. It was in the middle of the garden. And then there was the knowledge of good and evil, a tree that God forbade them to eat from. It talks about the rivers, the water, how God supplied the land. And that he placed him in the garden to work and watch over it. He told him he was free to eat from a tree, but he wasn't free to eat from that tree. Then he said it wasn't good for man to be alone, so he created a helper. And then the serpent decided he was going to enter the picture to throw the fruit. And... We've played a blame game ever since. And we've decided that our lives are more important than others. We've decided that something is more important than others. And this decision has led us to a dangerous place in our society. It's like we adopted a mindset that says, if I can benefit, I don't care who suffers. That includes the innocent, the unborn. It also includes those that we refuse to protect when we maybe have the ability to do so. Look, sanctity of life is about all life. All life that matters, not just this little thing or that little thing. It doesn't, it's not a narrative that we should be speaking on one portion when we refuse to take into consideration the others. Look, if you want to fight for the life of the unborn, great, but fight for the life of the elderly. That's the point that I'm making. It's, it's, it's about standing where injustice is. And there is injustice. But you can't also fight for the sanctity of life only after birth. You have to fight for the sanctity of life before as well. That's why I say it's a dangerous place in society. See, the deepest of our human desires is to live as we want. We get angry when someone makes that decision for us. And yet the heart of our society says, well, whatever it takes, I'm going to succeed. I'm going to do whatever, I, whatever it takes. It's a mindset that is deadly to us today. We've pretty much determined that life or excuse me, death is a stepping stone. It's a paving stone in the highway of life. We've determined that someone might need to die, but if that's what it takes, so be it. What? 
What are we thinking? I mean, look at this, the, the things that are going on in society today. Look at it. We've got people who are saying, I want to fight for the unborn. And they refuse to wear the simplest of masks who might save another life. Now, I'm not getting into that debate. That's not what I'm trying to get into. I'm not making this a political conversation. What I'm saying is, is that we have the power to protect others sometimes. And sometimes we refuse to use it because of selfish pride. We are allowing the way we feel about one another to dictate how we're going to respond. Well, I don't like this person, so I'm not going to stand for anything they stand for. They want me to wear a mask. I refuse. While another side saying, you know, I don't like this person and I'm all about wearing a mask. And they want to stand for the life of the unborn and I don't think it's not their right. They can't tell me what to do. Look, I am all for a woman's right to choose. Not about the life of the child, but to choose prior to making the decision that makes the child. You see what I'm saying? If, if you don't want to deal with the consequences, don't do the deed. But it shouldn't be our decision once the deed is done to cancel the consequences. And that's the problem with society today. We don't want to pay for what we've done. We don't want to pay for the consequences of the things that we're doing. We want to sit back and say, well, this had to be done. No, it didn't. This is where choice becomes a dangerous place for us to be. Now, I want to go back to the statement that if someone has to die for me to live as I wish, so be it. And, and, and there's arguments that come against that. I, I know. Again, this is a controversial topic and I've really fought, but I felt like this was, it needed to be done. Look, I'm not condemning anyone and I want you to understand that today. You might be arguing with me saying, I don't wish death on anyone. I stand for the li sanctity of life. Well, do you? Let's ask ourselves a few questions as we go through it because your actions might, might tell us a different story. Your actions might speak differently than your words. What are you doing to ensure the sanctity and the safety of all life? Of all life. Are you taking steps to protect the innocent? Are you standing against injustices that are taking the lives of others? Are you working to ensure that there's no collateral damage from the decisions that you're making? If you're choosing to make worldly decisions, there will be consequences. If you're choosing worldly ways, there will be consequences and those consequences have to be paid. That's the thing. Is there collateral damage from the decisions that you're making today? Because the reality is, it's a tough place. Look, God created us with a purpose. Psalm 139 says it, starting in verse 13. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you. When I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth, 
Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. God, how precious your thoughts are to me. How vast their sum is. I mean, it's powerful words from the psalmist. He's known you. Just as he's known everyone else. I mean, if if you don't believe that, then look, look to the book of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. We see something that really speaks volumes to us today. But in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5, he says something to Jeremiah that I do believe he's saying to each of us today. Because the reality of this is that God does not change. He has not changed. From the beginning of time, God will not change to the end of time. God is God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we see this call that he lays on Jeremiah, starting in verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Wait, what? I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I created you with a purpose. Before the world knew you, I knew you. I set you apart before you were born. I gave you a mission. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Before Jeremiah was born, before God even formed him in the womb, before God even made him, he set an appointment for him. He has known us. Just as he knows everyone else. Anyone we come into contact with, God knows them. He made them with a purpose. He has known you. Just as he has everyone else. Including those that you have taken out to climb the ladder of success. Those you've stepped on and you've pushed aside. Or that maybe were collateral damage from your decisions. And that includes those that the world has never met. So yes, it does include this controversial topic of abortion. Look, we have to choose life today. We have to choose hope. We have to choose forgiveness. This isn't about condemning, as I said. Look, I'm not trying to condemn anyone. This is about offering the full hope of life to all through the person of Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, the perfecter of our faith, Hebrews 12, 2. This is about forgiveness and restoration as much as it is about protection. Now, do not get me wrong when I say this. I'm not here to fight a battle and an argument with the world. I believe that all life is sacred and all life needs to be defended. Look, Jesus came to save the world. He came to give us hope. He offered hope to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The world, not just you and me, the world. 
He didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world could find hope in him. John 3, 16 and 17 tells that story in his words to Nicodemus. The Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That hope could be restored. That forgiveness could be made known. Don't you think that everyone deserves the same opportunity you've been provided? From the womb to the tomb? Don't you think that everyone deserves the same opportunity that you were provided? And, and in reality, that same opportunity that was provided to them? It's not for us to number the, man, the, the days of man. It's not for us to take someone out just because it will benefit us. Thank God that no matter what you've done, you were worth that sacrifice. And since we're created in his image, isn't another life worth that sacrifice as well in us? Isn't it worth our sacrifice? No matter what plans we might have for our life, isn't it worth us giving some of those things up to ensure the sanctity of life for another? Even if it might mess up everything. Look, it's not for me to choose when to take someone's life. If someone's sick and they're dying, it's not my place to go and kill them and say, look, I'm just speeding up the process. I'm not going to go in and take out a nursing home just because, well, it would be easier on them. If I take the life of another man, then I'm held accountable by the laws of our land. But then there's that one law that doesn't exist, and that is protecting the unborn. A life that never gets an opportunity and never gets a chance, never gets a, a, a choice in the matter. A life that is taken because of the bad decisions that someone made and it was going to mess up their life. These so-called plans that we have. Remember, our life is but a vapor. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity, right? Look, life is not about us. It's about him. The creator, the sustainer, the perfecter, the author and perfecter of our life, of our faith, of our hope, of our joy, of everything that comes with it. He wrote it. He created it. He designed it. He built it. We are created in his image. And he's the one that knows us before the world knew us. He knew us. He created us. He knit us together in the womb. And the reality is, is he also has known each of those that the world has never met. Because he created them and he began to knit them together in the womb. Are you choosing life in all forms today. Are you looking deeper than just this? Listen, God loves you. He has from the beginning. 
Nothing you can do will separate you from that love. Nothing the world will throw at you will separate you from that love. You are loved. And you have been from before you were formed. Choose life. Now, I want to clarify something, though. I'm not just saying this to fight for that stance and move on. If I'm fighting for all life, I'm fighting for all life. There are some who've made decisions. Now, one of the mistakes of the church is to shun people, to push them away, to make people think that they're not good enough anymore. And one of the things that the church has done is to shun those who have had abortions, those who have murdered, those who have done things. The church has failed. As a pastor, it breaks my heart to say those words, but the church has failed the people. We have failed one another when we fail to realize that judgment is not ours to cast. We too have made mistakes. Now, when I talk about the sanctity of life, yes, I talk about protecting the unborn, being a voice for the unborn, standing up against the tyranny of government programs that allow for these things to take place. But I also stand in the gap for the mother who made that decision is now facing the consequences to the families who are now going through the pain of the loss that they never allowed the heartache the depression the hurt the things that come with those decisions i have talked to a number of folks who have made that decision in their life and they are hurting There is a pain they can't describe, a heartache they can't fix because they feel remorse. They are so down on themselves and the church just drives them farther, so much farther sometimes that they take their own life, that they take themselves out because their life is no longer worth anything either. There is restoration. Remember, I said that God was a God of forgiveness and of restoration. That this was more than just fighting for the life to be born. It's about the forgiveness and the restoration of our God. He knows you. He knew you before you were known. He knows you and he loves you. And he forgives you. If you have made that decision in your life, he forgives you. And you can move on from that. It may be a dark spot. It may be a hard go. Maybe you didn't fully understand what was taking place in that moment. But God loves you. He always has. And he always will. It's, it's something we can repent of. It's a, it's a wicked way we can, we can turn from. It's things that we can go before the Lord and seek his face and turn from those wicked ways and find redemption in him today. It's what the cross was all about. The cross was about the sanctity of life. The cross was about protecting human life from eternal death. If you are pro-life today, then you need to be pro-life. Not necessarily just this earthly life, but the life beyond, eternal life, the life that we're promised in Christ. 
If you're pro-life today, then share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those that are hurting in the world. If you're pro-life today, fight for the unborn. If you're pro-life today, fight for the policies and the procedures that will protect the life of an elderly person who's stuck in a nursing home. If you're pro-life today, fight against the things that are killing folks in this world. Fight against the injustices. Stand on the ground of life and all life. I guess you could say this is the pro-life podcast. But what I'm saying is simply this. We serve a God who forgives, a God who loves. And no matter what we've done, no matter where we've come from, we are offered forgiveness. Now, does that mean that there will not be consequences to the things we have done? No. Adam and Eve were thrown out of the Garden of Eden, but he preserved their life for a little longer. They ate from the tree. They were told they would surely die, but God did not kill them in the garden. He could have just done it right there. He could have just ended it said you know what it's over I tried they failed that wasn't what God was about God was always about the relationship he could have with his children he came down to walk with them in the garden only to find they were hiding because they had done wrong but he offered forgiveness but they still had to suffer the consequences They still had to suffer for what they had done. And we have to suffer for the things that we've done. The consequences of our actions, they have to be paid. Oh, but the beauty of it is, is that the the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. That while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He paid the consequences. He took that death. That death that sin brought in. And it's through that forgiveness we are given life. An abundant life. A life that is worth living. A life that is worth telling others about. A life that is worth sharing. And so there's peace. There's reconciliation. And there's forgiveness for you. If you've made the mistake of not choosing life somewhere along the way folks we've got to stop hurting those who are already hurting we've got to stop diminishing their lives to nothingness we've got to stop saying things that are demeaning and demoralizing and we've got to start sharing the love of christ if we're pro-life then we're pro his love to share it with the world. Tell others about his sacrifice. Tell others about what he's done for you and love one another as he has loved you. There is redemption. There is hope. There is restoration at the foot of the cross. There is regeneration at the foot of the cross. There is reconciliation with the God who created you at the foot of the cross. Praise be to God that he knows us and he loves us anyway. One of the things Jesus said on the cross were the words, please forgive them. They know not what they do. I normally don't do this on this podcast, but I'm going to end it with a song. I just want you to listen to the words.
The group is Big Tent Revival. It's a song off of their Choose Life album. But it's called Please Forgive Them. If you're facing a hard road today, recognize that there's forgiveness for you in Christ. Even though you didn't know what you were doing at the time, there's forgiveness for you in the Savior. You say you died for me and for our sin, he shed his blood, and by his love he prayed to God. Father, please forgive them. God, we thank you that you offer forgiveness even when we don't deserve 
your love. Lord, you have given us hope in a world that is many times trying to tell us that we're hopeless. Father, we pray that you would protect life, that you would allow us to work to protect life, all life. Lord, we pray for the unborn, that their voice would be heard. We pray for those who are battling decisions that are taking their life. Lord, they shouldn't have to worry. But God, here we are. Lord, I pray that you break the heart of each one of us, that you break our heart for the things that are breaking yours, that, Lord, we would look to this life and recognize the things that we could do to possibly preserve another. Lord, guide us. Break our hearts for those who need it today. Break our hearts for those that need to feel that touch today. Lord, show us what to do. Show us how to do it. Help us, Lord, to choose life today, to choose hope, to choose forgiveness, Lord. Help us to choose you in the midst of the chaos of this world. Father, you knew us before we were known. You created us. You knit us together in our mother's womb. We were fearfully and wonderfully made. And not one person we come into contact with today can we say that wasn't truth about their life as well. So help us to prevent that today. Help us to not take others' lives into our own hands. Break our heart for sanctity today. The sanctity of the, of the life that you gave. That, Lord, we would protect all of those that have the breath of life in them. Father, forgive us our sins. Forgive us for going the way of the the world forgive us for doing the things that are shedding innocent blood help us to not be an abomination lord according to your word go with us show us your glory in this world today lord and help us to protect the lives of those who can't protect themselves lord we pray this in your holy precious and wonderful name the name of that Savior that paid our price, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for tuning in with the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast. You can join us each week. We try to get an episode up by 12 noon every Friday. And we are very blessed to be able to bring this to you. Hope that you can find peace where the wild things aren't. Listen on wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow it. Click it to download so you can get the newest episodes. And again, we thank you for listening to Where the Wild Things Aren't.